Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Weighing the Mind. I'm your host, Justin Bailey, and today we have a special guest with us. His name is Jeremy Ruspentine, and I had the honor of serving with Jeremy in Iraq. And it's quite an ordeal it was. Quite an ordeal it was. Jeremy is a U.S. Army veteran that served in Iraq with myself. Um, Jeremy was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. A little background on Jeremy experienced quite a bit of adversity over the years as separation that including death that has included death of family and friends he also went through homelessness um, included uh, inpatient psychiatric visits um, however he's come out on top uh, throughout the years he's he successfully went through uh, a veteran repairs PTSD which is post-traumatic stress disorder program and is currently in school to become a social worker. I mean, that's amazing. Um, on the side, Germany has actually published six different ebooks. Six, six ebooks, and has made internet videos on mental health advocacy. Germany's also a chapter moderator of the Pennsylvania 22 Until None Keepers. Welcome to the show, Germany. Thank you for having me. It's a real honor to be here. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's awesome having you on. And man, I can't I can't be can't begin to tell you, man, it's, you know, the, the connection that you and I have, having served in Iraq together. Um, and then, you know, you know, catching up with you and hearing about, you know, everything post Iraq um, that you've gone through. And not only what you've gone through, but what you've gone through and and to what you've come to to this point is is beyond amazing. Um, you know, it it takes a very strong-willed person to overcome the adversities of war, and then to go from you know, well, you know, I, I've often thought of you know, war is is kind of a rock-bottom scenario uh, for a lot of people. You know, because you know, war is never pretty. It's not. It's not. It's it's not for anybody. I don't want to say it's. It, you know, it's not for some people. It's not for anybody. Nobody. Nobody wants to see war. It, it, and it's a hard thing to go through. And you know, you survive war, and then you know, stumble your way and find yourself in in homeless situations, and uh, then find yourself in inpatient psychiatric wards, and you know. But then to overcome it all, um, going through PTSD programs, and now you're in school to become a social worker. You've published six different eBooks on the sides um, for mental health advocacy, and you know now you're a chapter moderator of Pennsylvania 22 and 22 until none um, keepers. Uh, it's just an amazing, amazing story of you know everything that you've been through to this point. Thank you. So, uh, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy's, uh, he actually resides not too far away from me uh, in Thorndale, PA. Um, he grew up in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Do I have that right? Yep. That's how I grew up with in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Cherry Hill. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So obviously, um, if, if I would have to ask you right now, um, and I think I, I think, I think I, I think I already know the answer to this, but if, if you had to, if you had to relate yourself to, to one specific, um, 
mental health term, what would you relate to the most? If you, you know, if you had to, if, if you, you know, stress, anxiety, depression, guilt, you know, all those things put together, what would you say you could define um, or relate with the most in terms of 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 a mental health term? Really, is depression and anger and guilt. Depression, anger, and guilt. Okay. And I, and I would assume that all kind of just rolls into into post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Yeah, it is part of PTSD. And I, I will get when I well now that I've gone back to school and everything, it's less and less. But I used to have really bad depression fits where I couldn't get out of my bed all day, and when I wasn't homeless, and like I, I would. Uh, uh, just lay in bed all day and maybe go to a VA appointment if I, if I was doing that or whatever. And um, and then I, uh, there were times when I was really angry, where I was outbursts of anger fits that I didn't have any family or any friends um, because I was so angry. Like the slightest thing really m messed me up. And uh, so, yeah, and anxiety too. Anxiety was social anxiety, trying to meet new people, trying to have a relationship. I like have had failed relationships in the past, and uh, I'm hoping that I've now recently that I'm doing all this stuff that like I've conquered a little bit more of that. But I'm still have a social anxiety about meeting new people and doing things like that. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a, a tough tough transition. Definitely a tough transition. So. So what, what do you think was, uh, you know, w was there a culminating experience, um, potentially, uh, you know, in, in Iraq or after Iraq that kind of led you to the, the downward spiral, you know, essentially that you experienced that you can, that you can define? Yeah, definitely. And October 7th, uh, was it October or November? Um, of 2014 when Stacy Jarvis unfortunately committed suicide, uh, that really sent me into a downward, really dark place. And I would remain there for like lost for two, three years. And uh, it wasn't until I got to my spiritual awakening in 2016 when I started writing and then publishing that like I came out of that. But that was that was like a huge event for, for me. Right, right. Now I remember Stacy. Is Stacy Stacy Jarvis us served served with us um, in the military as well, and um, unfortunately lost her battle with her demons um, to suicide. And it was a very tragic and uh, unexpected uh, situation that none of us um, ever would have seen happening. Um, really caught us all off off uh, off guard for sure. Um, so what type of what type of mental feelings i mean did you do did you personally have as, a, as an initial reaction to that i felt like i failed her i felt like i could have done something to help her because uh i talked to her mom and and uh she told me the situation and i was like well i was a paralegal i could have helped her and that's when like i was like i lost touch with everyone and i really didn't know what i felt embarrassed about my situation and what i was getting into at the time 
and um, it really just it, it led me down a, a, a darker path. Right. And, and when you when you got to that darker path, is that is that what is essentially led to you going into like said isolation? Is that what led you into like the homelessness part, or, or how could you? How do, how do you how did how did you get into you know going into the streets? Well, so basically, um, I took off my medication, so I was in this dark place, and I was just going to the VA and going through the motions. So I was going to see my psychiatrist, and um, uh, they were just having me fill out like what what are you doing today and how how are your feelings right now. But I, you know, I was thinking about rack. I was thinking about all that stuff and they were never really trying to ask me questions about that and i finally what i would uh had enough and i had like an aha moment and in june 2016 um i uh finally had published a story uh um what was it called uh it was an R&R story about when I went on R&R from Iraq, and I got it published on a website that's down now. But um, I took off my medication, so then I went through withdrawal that over three months uh, after the election, and uh, I went into agoraphobia at my apartment, and I was so out of control and out of I was insane because I had no medicine on, and I and I was like really having night terrors and delusions and stuff like that and my parents would call the police to come check on me and stuff instead of coming themselves and um it wasn't their fault they were down they were up in massachusetts at the time but um uh i had the police called on me a lot and they would take me to the hospital and all that so eventually that led to an eviction because i decided i missed one month and they didn't give me any chance and i uh got evicted and there was the streets, so. Right. So when when you when you were in that position, and you eventually obviously overcame that and you got out of that, what where was it that you found the help that you needed to to overcome that and get out of the streets? Well, it was really the PTSD program and the people at the PTSD program who cared so much about and like instead of saying these are the things that you need to do and numbers you need to call they were right there willing to assist you with the numbers and all that kind of stuff and i had a particular social worker at the uh ptsd program by the name of molly who said i'm not putting you back on the streets when when you're done this right so um they put me into the domiciary at the coatesville va which is closing now but at the time I went into the domiciliary program and I uh, was successful there saving money. So I'm getting into where I am now. So now you, you, you voluntarily went into this PTSD, this PTSD program. This is something that you voluntarily yeah. went into. It was not court order or anything like that. It was, it was voluntary. Awesome. Awesome. So, so you recognized, uh, you, you find, was it, was it, was it a point that you finally recognized that you were like, Hey, I need to do something. I need to, I need to make a change. Like this is like, like things are just going to continue to get worse and I need to fix this. 
and that that's what led you to making the decision to do to, to go that route or or what led you to I did this? it was it was pre-pandemic and I was in agoraphobia when I realized that I need help with PTSD and the VA was not willing to do what they do now all the time regularly virtual appointments and uh so I was kind of like at the time the VA has changed so drastically for the better and uh but in 2016 to 2000 to 2020 um i had to physically go to a va when you're on the streets right and then they send you somewhere else overnight and like to the shelter program all kinds of stuff it's really ridiculous and you hardly ever get a chance to talk about mental health when you're right. homeless right and like you're trying to find a job or something or, and uh um Eventually, I found out about the PTSD program from veterans in the uh, inpatient. So I would be in there with them, and someone would suggest and say, "Oh yeah, I know that there's one in Coatesville or in Los Angeles or wherever, and uh, you can get involved in there if you ask for it with your treatment team." So I asked for it at the treatment team, and they denied it. And I called the White House complaint line, and they put it in. <laughs> They said they looked at my DD two fourteen, and they said, "Okay, he was in combat. And it was all wow. fixed." Yeah. Wow! So it took you actually calling the White House to to, to get the wheels in motion. Yep. Wow, that's 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 crazy. That's crazy. So, so at the, at this point, at this point in your life, I mean, obviously, like we said, you've 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 basically come full circle. I mean, from from the depths of, of hell per se um, to, yeah. to, to something that has has really become a miracle of, of sorts. Um, you know, today, um, what are some things that you do when you feel like you, I mean, I, I know even I, I still struggle at times and I, I kind of get myself in a rut. What, what are some things that you personally do when you feel like you get, you're getting in a rut to, to help your, help yourself get out of it? What are some things that you do? Well, particularly today, I had a rut when I woke up and I thought of behavioral activation. And what that is, is when you engage in routine activities or pleasurable activities or uh, a new activity, right, is the definition of behavioral activation. And so what I did, I was simply, even though I was in a bad mood, I didn't want to get up and go to school or anything, was I uh, I got a shower, I forced myself in a shower this morning, and I forced myself to go to school and not skip it. And I was, I was sitting in class, and I'm like, maybe I can make an excuse that I'm feeling sick. And, and I was like, nope, I got to keep doing this, and I had to give a speech today. <laughs> and I did wow. it. And, awesome. and I like it. It was hard, but behavioral activation is key. They taught us, taught me that at the VA. Awesome, behavioral activation. Behavioral activation. Yeah. We'll definitely have to look that up, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to have to write that part and write about that in one of the the weighing the line blogs. Write about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so 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 when when you when you implement that behavioral activation and you you get that 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 win, and I call I call it a win because you you mm -hmm. conquered you conquered that rut right you were in that rut and you conquered it and you and you gained that win how do you celebrate that then 
I mean, obviously you have to have a reward system for yourself. I mean, because you, you've conquered something, you, you, you beat something. So how do you, how do you celebrate when you, when you, when you win? Well, I typically, when I win, I know that I'm doing well in school and it's, it's like, uh, because it's an app on the phone, it's really kind of rewarding because you see the grades as they grade it and then it shows you the percentage and it gives you a notification and stuff. So it's really cool. <laughs> so I don't really know how I celebrate um, other than right now I'm just going through and, and, and going to school and working at DoorDash and then do the 22 until nine. And um, yeah. that's my celebration is like doing that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, anything that you could do that's, that's positive and uplifting for yourself. I mean, anything that you could do that's like, you know, nice for yourself, you know, you know, hanging out with your friends and, you know, doing doing things that are nice and, and uplifting for yourself is, is obviously going to be something that's rewarding for yourself. And I think it's important that anytime that you're able to, to conquer your demons, you should you should reward yourself for that. Um, you know, that it, it's a pot. It's a positive cognitive therapy process uh, to reward yourself when you um, pick yourself up, so to speak. Um, and that's just positive reinforcement uh, for, for winning those battles. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, not everyone is the same. Uh, you know, we, we all feel um, and react to circumstances um, to, that surround us and, and, and affect us differently. Um, and everybody's circumstances are different, um, no matter how similar they may be, they are all different because we, again, we react to them differently. So, you know, you, you could walk down the street, trip and fall and, you know, bust your kneecap open. And I could walk down the street, trip and fall, bust my kneecap open. And you could react to it one way and I could react to it another way. So the circle, you know, it, it can be the exact same scenario but have profound implications to each individual in a different way. Um, so what advice, if, if somebody was going through something similar to what you went through in terms of the, the, the profound, um, the, you know, just the profound implications of, you know, going through a traumatic event and then, you know, finding themselves in a whole, a whole rut of just this, of just being homeless. And, you know, maybe they don't have, maybe they don't, they don't have the intestinal fortitude or they're struggling to find that intestinal fortitude to, to, to say, yeah, I, I need to, I need help. And, you know, they're trying to find the, the, the intestinal fortitude to go get it, uh, you know, what advice would you give an outsider looking in on your situation? You know, what would you want them to know, you know, to perhaps to understand you or to treat you differently or to, to, to be more sympathetic or to be more empathetic or to not bully, you know, things, things of that nature. What would you want somebody else to know looking in on your situation that maybe well, people that didn't well, definitely when I was going through my situation, I was bullied a lot and there was a lot of empathy while I was going through the psych wards and stuff with certain doctors and at the ER or whatever. 
And uh, if someone was going through that same thing, I would tell them what I found in the motivational videos that I used that that pushed me not to kill myself, which was uh, that that you have unlimited potential. Everyone does, and there's opportunity in the trauma, which is something that I, I was not really able to really see before. And uh, what was keeping me down and, and kept me uh, not able to progress forward in life and felt lost was that I didn't see opportunity. And not opportunity doesn't mean that you're trying to make money or something like that, but you can, um, like we're, we're going in, like both of us are going into helping professions. And out of our trauma, we're gonna help others and we're gonna tell others that they can help others maybe, or you can become a leader, or you can become a, uh, a community organizer or something like that. And uh, that's what post-traumatic growth um, brings about, is that there's opportunity in the, in the trauma, and, and even though it's still traumatic, so. Absolutely, absolutely well said, well said, well said, guys. You know, I mean, it's, it, 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 like I said, it comes full circle. It's just a matter of whether or not you're willing to let it come full circle for yourself, like Jeremy has. Um, you know, these, these are trying times that we live in. People are going through things that I would, I will never claim to understand. Jeremy's not going to claim to understand. Um, as I stated many times before, and I'll say it over and over again, everybody is different. Everybody's situation is different and everybody reacts to situations differently and it affects people differently. Um, so we have to, we have to really be sympathetic and empathetic to everyone's situation. As much as I want to say, Hey, grab yourself and pull yourself up by the bootstraps in some sense of the matter, that's, that's, what we need to do and that's what Jeremy did um, it's easier said than done uh, this is not mental health is not something to play around with it is something that is been it, it has been and is it's been stigmatized for for generation after generation and it's nothing to be ashamed to ask for help it's not it, just don't ever be ashamed to ask for help when it comes to mental health because if you're stuck and you're not asking for help and you're not looking for help you're just going to continue to be stuck you sometimes there's situations where you cannot save yourself you're not superman or you're not superwoman so don't try to pretend like you are we have to understand our limitations and the fact of the matter is, is I've gone through VA programs myself where I probably wouldn't have come out if it wasn't for those VA programs. And we just listened to Jeremy explain how he went through VA programs and he probably wouldn't have come out if he hadn't gone through those VA programs. So lastly, Jeremy, do you have any advice that you'd give someone that is dealing with you know, something similar to the situation that you've gone through just in general. I mean, aside from just searching for, you know, searching for help. I mean, you know, if somebody is just feeling completely desperate 
um, and, and is feeling as though, you know, they don't want to take it. They don't. They don't want to take an ego hit. They're scared of what somebody's going to think of them. You know, what, what, what would you what would you tell that person? I would tell them that, based off of my situation that I've known, is that if you find the light, like when you're down at, the, at your worst, desperate point, there's still a little bit of hope. You give yourself a little bit of hope before you start making plans. And uh, so, if you hang on to that little bit of light and you start thinking about dealing with things minute by minute hour by hour and pulling yourself back up that way um, from going from planning a suicide to planning your recovery is very small steps and I would just tell them that you wouldn't believe about how those small steps are calling a crisis line or of even though they feel really big i mean like it's a small first step um i i called the crisis line and now i'm going to be a social worker and it took uh, too many years <laughs> but uh i could have done it a little bit more quicker if uh but i i held myself back a little bit but that's okay because recovery is not a uh, straight line and that's the one thing that we have to emphasize also is that you're going to have setbacks and you're going to make mistakes and I made plenty of mistakes along the way and I continue to make mistakes but that's part of the process so absolutely absolutely well said Jeremy hey man I want to thank you so much for joining me on the show today man it's it's great to talk to you it's great to hear from you it's great always great to hear your insight and your advice and uh, it's it's very much appreciated I'm sure that my listeners are going to uh, are going to appreciate it as well and um wishing nothing but but the best moving forward and i'm sure we'll have you back on the show again uh in the future uh for some more words of wisdom and and to check in on you and see how you're progressing uh in your uh in your schooling and and how things are going for you in your life as you continue to progress and and grow and uh and just continue to conquer more and more of those demons that come your way man wish you nothing but the best moving forward brother so I really thank you again for, for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me on. It was an honor. I wish you all the same and all the best success with your podcast and everything. Thank you so much, man. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in today, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button. We're going to be on all major platforms, guys. Uh, stay tuned, guys. Lots more guests are going to be coming on. We're going to be doing many more interviews. The platform is just growing from the podcast, Wayne, my blog, to Twitter, to Instagram, to Facebook. I mean, you name it. We're really, really pushing this platform, guys. This is all about mental health awareness. And just remember, as I'm always going to say when I close this thing out, or anything that I close out from now on, it's always going to be, number one, there's going to be a couple of things. Number one, if you're ever in a dark, dark place, I mean, we're talking the darkest places and you're thinking about doing the inevitable. If you're, if you're having those thoughts, just remember, you do not have to do it in that moment. If you give yourself a day, I guarantee you your thought process will be different tomorrow than what it is in the moment. 
guaranteed. Guaranteed. Number two, I'm not a professional. My guest is not a professional. We're sharing our life experiences and that's it. If you're in a crisis situation, please seek medical professional help. Reach out to your professional authorities, call your crisis lines, call your emergency services, reach out for professional help. Guys, I wish you guys, I wish everybody the best of luck. I wish you great mental health and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care guys.